Welcome back to Barely Serious. You're about to listen to episode 155, but before we get into the episode, you know I gotta plug a couple big shows that are coming up on July 6th. It's gotta be like two and a half weeks from now. July 6th, I'm headlining the House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you are in Phoenix or if you know anybody in Phoenix, please let them know that I'm coming out. It's gonna be a really fun time. House of Comedy Phoenix, July 6th. If you get tickets on their website at thehouseofcomedyaz.com. And then on July 21st, I'm headlining the Comedy Zone in Columbus, Georgia, which is like an hour outside of Atlanta. I'm bringing Brandon Lejeune. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited. We're also going to go to the a strip club in Atlanta that I guess some guy got arrested at. I don't know the story. Brandon does, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Come on out. Uh, Columbus, Georgia on the 21st. And then on September 9th and 10th, I'm headlining the weekend at the Comedy Zone in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I'm bringing this week's guest, Michael Eaton Jr. along with me. And it's going to be a ton of fun. With that out of the way... Hey, it's not Michael Eaton Jr. It's just Mike Eaton. That's, that's not, my legal name. Don't use that. Oh, it's just, <laughs> I, 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 with that out of the way, enjoy this week's episode. <laughs> well, no, dude, it's funny. it's funny story that... Uh, because for your for the plane tickets that I got, uh-huh. it's Michael Eaton Jr. Yeah. And so I got an email. Uh-huh. I just got an email like a day ago saying like your flight your flights changed Michael Eaton Jr. or whatever. So I was like, how ah, you fucking loser! Like your shit got changed. Yeah. And so then I opened it up, and like it turned out that I like I entered our information like backwards. So like uh-huh. you're like the main you're like the the like the like the, our reservations like under your name because I did it backwards. So I was like, oh shit! Yeah. All of our shit's all changed. Fuck like, yeah, go Mike Eaton Jr. But all it is is that we our flight to new york got moved up by like two hours so i was like okay cool an extra two hours in new york cool yeah, yeah say less um you were talking you're going to atlanta to go to a, a strip club where some guy got shot no not shot it was um so i'm headlining the house of comedy or the house of comedy the um comedy zone comedy zone <laughs> in columbus georgia which is like an hour outside of atlanta and brandon's like well since we're going to be there because the next day after the show, mm-hmm. we're going and seeing the the Angels play the Braves in Atlanta, Great. which is gonna be really fucking fun. And he was like, "Except after- when they lose by 15, dude. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are gonna get skull fucked. And just, <laughs> you and Brandon are gonna be sitting there just crying drunk." <laughs> but afterwards, he was like, "We should go to this like world famous strip club because do you remember when the NBA did the bubble, the championship or whatever? Mm-hmm. So some player I forgot his fucking name. I gotta ask Brandon. Some player I remember this. I just don't remember the yeah. Guy's got name. in trouble for strippers. Yeah, he left the bubble went." to this strip club just to go get wings at this okay so that's what i was going to tell you there's a strip club that sells wings i was hoping that was where you're going it's, that's where we're going yeah all right cool i need a review i i know yeah, okay. your food opinions mean all that much but <laughs> i just I, I need you to tell me that it is good no uh, yeah we're going there for the wings and you know maybe a lap dance fuck yeah but people people were telling me that like maybe the he's like the, someone was like well i hope you like black Black strippers. It's like, oh. yeah, it's Atlanta. What did you think? <laughs> no. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, dude, I've only been to Atlanta one time, and it was actually, uh, it was like for a layover flight, and I there's a Popeyes in the uh-huh. airport, and I never had Popeyes before in my life. I was like 13. In this story, I was like 13 okay. when this happened. That makes me feel better. Uh, and so like, but it was, so it was my first experience ever in Atlanta, and like literally everybody at the airport was black. Yeah. And I was coming from like Orange County, and so I was like the opposite. I, I was scared. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't like scared of black people, but I was just like, it was so different. I was like, man. And so I thought, I just thought that it was the Popeyes. I thought that everybody at Popeyes has to be black to work there. Holy shit! For like for like years. Until God, I realized you were thirteen, not six. You fucking, <laughs> fucking retard, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just have to be black to work at Popeyes. <laughs> 
fucking shit. I think it was younger than 13, but I just said 13. But it was it was young, bro. It was like my it was the reason. Yeah, I was like 10 actually because it was my first sure, time. Sure, sure. Walk it back. <laughs> it was I my was first like time. six, dude. You're right. <laughs> it was my first time flying alone, so I was like 10 or 11. All right, still too old, but like. It's still, it's very funny. I, I've also thought some pretty retarded things. I <laughs> I read like the Harry Potter books as they were coming out. I was like a big book nerd. And like literally until the movie came out, I thought her name was Hermione. <laughs> 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 so I'm watching the movie. They're like Hermione. I'm like, who the fuck? That's Hermione, you fucking idiot. The girl is Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. <laughs> Hermione Granger, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I had read like I think by that time four of the books had come out, and I just read four books as Hermione Granger. I, she's my favorite character. It's like she's so funny and smart. Yeah, good job, Hermione. Hermione. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty dumb. That's hilarious, dude. If you don't name, if you have a kid and you don't name her Hermione, yeah, I'm not doing that. That's what? Fucking, no, if I have a kid, I'm probably gonna name it like Michael Eaton Jr. Jr. No, Sweatpants Johnson or something. Sweat <laughs> This is my daughter, sweatpants. Do you know? Uh, this is my son, astronaut. <laughs> you know who Charles Barkley is? Of course. Have you seen the clip of him on a podcast talking about how he named his daughter after a ball in Minnesota? No, but that's a. <laughs> he has a daughter named Ball of America. No, no, it's like it's. <laughs> that's I forgot. a good joke. Fuck you. I know it was. I'm, I just I'm just struggling to remember that her actual name. Uh, but yeah, he literally named his daughter after a mall. And uh, the the co-host of the podcast was like, "Are you fucking serious?" He's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Why?" And he's like, "I really just, I really just enjoy that mall." And he's like, "What the fuck?" And then he was like, "He's like, what if you had a son? Would you name him like Orange Julius?" <laughs> he's like, "Did you just pull it up?" <laughs> what? Zion Deji just sent me a meme that he made with a picture of me, <laughs> and it made me laugh really hard. I'll send it to you. All right. <clears throat> I was opening my phone to Google Charles Barkley's kid's name. Uh, oh, I hope it's good. Uh, what's your favorite color? Me? Red. Yeah. Red? Oh, you're still six years old? Why is your favorite color red? Angels, bro. Christiana Barkley? Yeah, Christiana. Is named <laughs> is named, She's named after a fucking mall in Minnesota, bro. <laughs> fucking look at that. <laughs> what, <the fuck? laughs> what a fucking legend, dude. Um dude, I uh dude, I've been just wiling out in comedy recently. Like shit's been going so well. And for the next I'm doing filthy show tomorrow, and that is the only show I have for the next week. I don't have anything else till next Thursday. That's so, not what your Facebook, your douchey Facebook post says. No, I my, it, you guys are fucking retarded if you can't understand my douchey Facebook post. It's <laughs> no, literally, I understand it. It's literally, I don't want to make of go and fucking build a show and produce a show because I don't produce any shows right now. And every single day, someone DMs me or messages me on Facebook or texts me, "Hey man, can I get a spot on this?" Like even just when I'm on shows, can I get a spot on this? No, fucker, get good. You'll Do people get, really message you that every single day? Every really? single day. Last night because I was guest hosting for Bianca. Yeah, twenty people. Can I get a guest spot? Like, literally, I gave you a guest spot because you haven't done her shows, I yeah. don't think. I think you maybe have done one or two ever. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, Galen should come here. He's not part of this rotation. Let's get him in, do his jokes to a hot crowd. Yeah. And then Roderick McDaniel was in town. He's great. 
His album, uh, his comedy album, just started trending on Spotify in other countries. So now he's an international comic. Pretty fucking cool. So I was like, yeah, let's give him a guest spot. So I had two guest spots to give him away. I gave him away at the beginning of the show and then had the lineup. And then every single time that I walked out to go and get a boomerang of a comic on the show, someone asked me for a guest spot. Every single time, including I was there for one after of them. I had already put Casey Rocket on to close out the show. And it's just like, do you guys have no self-awareness whatsoever? Like, what the fuck are you doing? The show's over, bro. That's the last comic. I already said it's the last comic. Who do you think you are? One, I haven't seen anybody save Asana Mod be able to, like, really follow Casey Rocket very well. But even still, the energy shift is there. Like, you can't go from... Because Casey's the biggest energy comic in the fucking world, dude. It's 10 out of 10, running around the stage, yeah. laughing at crazy shit. It's nonsense. It's the perfect way to end a show. Mm-hmm. It's like, wh- what in your brain as a comic makes you think, not only am I funny and good, but I'm so funny and good that I can follow that energy at this show. That's already being closed. At, <laughs> yeah. That's already at two hours, you know, or an hour and a half, yeah. right? Hour 48 at that point. Like, it was that what? long? What? Yeah, show started at 9.15, and it ended at... Oh, no, I guess it ended at 10... Like, 48, 10.45, somewhere in there. So, like, hour and a half. So, like, that's ideal time for a show. Anything longer than that, people start to get exhausted. I know, dude. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun, but I was literally... I obviously, I haven't said it on the podcast, but I fucking... Uh, I had a good set, and then at the end, I was like, oh, I like the last joke that I was going to close on works, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, let me just do this one more thing that's brand new that, like, I was like, ah, the crowd's on my side. Yep. Nothing, bro. And yeah. I lit- it was so bad, I literally be like, you guys having a good time? Yeah, give it up for Mikey. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> literally the energy, you're just like, uh, well, fuck. <laughs> I literally I literally was like, I think word for word, I said, uh, well, I'm going to go in the back and kill myself. You guys having a good time tonight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo, give it up for Mike Eaton. <laughs> Dude, that uh, dude! Shout out to Bianca for those shows because she's been putting together fucking just yeah, dude, bangers at the creek. She's coming on the podcast um, next Friday. Hell yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, she's uh, in St. Louis, so I went with. Uh, I took my wife Brittany, and then me, Dylan Sullivan, Heather Shaw, and Bianca went and did a gig in St. Louis, and uh, she introduced me to a pizza they have there called Emos. I M O. Apostrophe S. Is she from there? Yes. Okay. Um, and so I got to meet a bunch of her family. I got to meet her dad and her mom. We were pretty sure Heather Shaw was going to fuck her mom. It was awesome. It was what? so much fun. Not literally, but it was very funny. And we kept oh, joking oh, oh, about oh. it. You can't uh, you can't say that to me and not make me think that someone was spitting game. You, you, I forget you're a horny 16 year old, dude. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> There's no. literally a giant pile of cum tissues. Like They are. Yeah, cum, I, cum I, I see them. I've been 16 this is, too. This is the, the cum rag trash can. There's another trash can over here that you see that's empty. That, well, no, actually, those are cum rags too. Jesus Christ. You have two separate. Ju- the, There's can, some condoms in there, though. This no, no, <laughs> like, That makes it better. <laughs> no, it's very funny because if you see your room, you are like the meme. There's just a bed. <laughs> There's a dog bed, there's dog food and water, and then there's a trash can full of cum napkins, and then a trash can full of also cum napkins, but not full yet. Yeah, that was about to say, that one's not full yet. Yeah, so there's a full one and a quarter full one, (laughs) both containing cum napkins, and to make that better, you said, but there are some condoms in there. (laughs) Used condoms. (laughs) No shit. It's not like you're throwing away a perfectly good... I'm just balling like that. I throw away unused condoms. condoms. Yeah. I've met people that jerk off into condoms. 
What? And it's just like, why? Easier cleanup. It feels better. It's wait, like, wait, 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 wait. Like they jerk off no condom every time. Mm-hmm. What? When they jerk off, they use condoms. Yeah. That's retarded. I've heard you people get say condom, that. Condom. The, the the smell is just unbearable. Yeah, it's so gross. That's one of my least favorite things about them. But my most least favorite thing about them is that they suck to use. It feels no good anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't. Anyways, I'd rather just die of AIDS. But. Uh. And also, the other, I got posters in my room. You do. You have, you have a lot of cool comedy posters. Um, yeah, look look at you guys. Look, Brandon Lejean. That one, uh, the one to the left, the one that's obviously shitty, uh, uh-huh. is was in the Bad Comedy Flyers page, and it got like I think it got like a hundred something likes in there. And Fuck so yeah. like I wanted I'm when I frame it on the bottom, I'm gonna put finalist bad comedy poster of the year. Yeah. Uh because it really was did the there was like 70 comments on it because someone when the person posted it in the group and the guy who posted it in the group is my buddy too. Uh-huh. Uh and but he screenshotted it off of the producer's page where he put the caption was the official flyer of the show because the flyer right next to it, uh the one that's actually like really, really good uh, is my buddy did that for me and I posted that. So the guy posted that shit ass one and said the official flyer. And so everybody in the comments was like, we got to see what the unofficial flyer was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I posted it in there. It was, dude, that page is like the funniest fucking it's thing. It's so much fun, dude. Especially when people like fight. Yeah. Are you in, are you in back in? And what? Back in Bay area comedy network. No. Dude, I gotta add. Oh wait, yeah, I am. Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah, there's some fucking psychos out there, and they all hate each other. Yeah, it's the every. You can't even be like, hey, open mic this Thursday without someone like saying something and then a fight breaking out. Don't let this person perform at your open mic. They're banned from here. And then someone (laughs) could be like, you don't need to ban them. You're just being transphobic. And it's like they're a known sexual predator. Like that's libel. We're gonna sue you. And it's just like. Yeah, fight. (laughs) It's the only group I'm in where it's like it's where it's like that. Literally. Literally. I'm like, what the oh, fuck? Dude, I used to... So there are a couple... I'm a bad person, and occasionally I add people on Facebook that I meet just because I want to watch just the, the shit show that is their life. Because <laughs> um, there's just... You meet in comedy some of the worst human beings that could possibly exist. Yeah. Because there's... I mean, there's no... Anybody can do an open mic. Yeah. Like, if you, it's in your definition. heart, just want to find a place that you can scream the N-word at 25 strangers... That's the best way you're going to get that done. You're only going to be able to do it once at that one. <laughs> yeah. But there's a lot of open mics and you could travel across. The, you could you could tour across the country. If you had like a good job and could pay for it, you could go across the country doing open mics using a different name, maybe wearing a hat and some sunglasses and going up and just screaming the N word until they kicked you <laughs> off stage. Is that, I feel, why do I feel like this is your fan? You've put, no, you've but, put thought into this. No, what, I'm just thinking about it right now. I'm just saying like that would be completely feasible. Yeah, in the yeah. world of comedy, but there's not really anything else where you could do that. Like, uh, there's nowhere else that's like such an open barrier to entry. So, because of that, you meet these people that their mental capacity is somewhere in the realm of that, mm-hmm. where they're just like, I just I have my jokes and I I think it's funny to talk about abortions and I just I really like to talk very graphically about chopping up fetuses and making fried rice out of it, <laughs> like shit like that. And I I add them because I want to see what's going on and they just share the best memes. Their COVID opinions are incredible. I mean, just like <laughs> the whole shit's great. But I befriended one I met in Portland who was a homeless guy and he talked just like Mushmouth from Fat Albert. <laughs> and he was on this comedy festival because he was like a local dude that was very good at comedy. 
but he would just stand there in the, and we'd be sitting around in the circle smoking a joint or whatever just talk, like riffing around like you do after a show and then he would just chime in like, oh, but like what are you saying dude and then he would slow down and be like well it would be funny if you be it's like what is going on it very fun to watch just real fun to watch. so i'm friends with him on facebook and just every now and then just like a selfie outside at his new home <laughs> like, really? This is where I'm sleeping this week. This bridge. <laughs> well, dude, the people that fight on Facebook are the funniest. I always got a. Are you friends with Joe Urell on Facebook? Yeah. How he's just always just like picking fights with people is the funniest fucking thing. But like the funniest thing to me is that I remember one of the first times I met that dude years ago. He like asked me for help uh, opening up his a can of Mountain Dew. Uh-huh. Open up a can of Mountain because he's if, if you don't know who Joe Urell is, he's he has cerebral palsy and he's in a wheelchair. Uh, and his hands are all like, uh, yeah, he's got dinosaur over. hands, but he's yeah, very funny, very funny. And, but he asked me for help, uh, <laughs> he asked me for help to open up his Mountain Dew and put a straw in it. Uh, and then like that night, like literally that night I see him in like a Facebook fight and he's like, like paragraphs on paragraphs of words. I'm like, bro, how? And, yeah. and it's, it's like, and you just see the little, the just now popular. Like, How'd you type that shit that fast, bro? Ain't no way. Dictation. But he, have you heard him talk? Whoa! How would he do that? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, how? Like, maybe he has a typing? cool special keyboard. Maybe, but like, because I've seen like just to fight, like, fight on Facebook though. What would he connect it to? A computer. I've seen his phone. It's just a phone. Yeah, Bluetooth, dog. What are you talking about? Uh, maybe I had uh, for my iPad. I have like a Bluetooth thing that attaches to it that just turns it into like a laptop. Essentially, it's great, dude. Remember. Uh, like years ago, there was supposed to be an add-on feature. It was supposed to be for like the iPhone eight, where they would like it would be like a holographic keyboard that just everybody just forgot. Oh, that was fake. Oh, really? That was one hundred percent fake. That oh, was man. someone that made that online. Damn it! And tricked a bunch of kids like you, dude. <laughs> do you ever remember uh, seeing the ad for the uh, Apple Wave technology, the wireless charging, like a decade ago before wireless charging was a thing? No. So, <clears throat> and I'm feel vaguely deja vu, like I told this story on a podcast before but there uh was a group on 4chan that decided they wanted to troll all of the new apple users <laughs> so they made this super beautiful ad that looked like it was a legitimate apple ad like it, it was just a picture but it looked exactly like the pictures they have on the homepage of apple.com yeah of the new iphone with all of the fucking perfect font and super crystal clear and it was for a new Apple or AirWave technology or whatever they called it. But it was explaining that Apple had made a way for you to charge your phone from zero to 100% in 15 seconds by just putting it in the microwave. <laughs> and it sounded legit as fuck. And they made it sound like super smart and like just amazing. And they're like, here, post this places, fucking troll Apple people if they're too stupid to realize that the microwave will ruin their phone. And then there were just hundreds upon hundreds of pictures of people fucking furious typing like just screenshots of facebook posts like i ruined my phone this is not real don't fall for this scam and it's just like dude that is my favorite i love that kind that of was mischief. Probably low-key done by apple just to get people to buy more i guess but it, either way it was fucking incredible when i was uh like probably nine or ten I figured out that if you put a bag of chips, like an empty bag of chips in the microwave for like 10 what do you seconds. Mean like an empty bag of chips? Like, like, eat like a, the, the you chips eat, are gone? Okay. You eat them all, and then the chip bag is empty. Okay. And then you stick that chip bag in the microwave for like 10 seconds, and it shrinks real small. But it keeps the graphics, so it just looks like eat a bit of a tiny chip bag. What? Yeah, it's cool looking. And I had the idea 
if I put something inside of there, I could make it like mold around that. What if I made my mom a cool phone case out of a Doritos bag? So I took her little flip phone and then I put a Doritos bag around it and then I put it in the microwave and it shrunk around it all perfect. I was like, look what I did. And her phone's just smoking. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I was like, I, I was just, I don't know what happened. I was just making this, ca- I don't know why it messed with your phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dude, uh, one of the scariest memories I have as a kid, I think I was like five or six. We were at my great grandma in my great grandpa's house. And uh, dude, I'll never forget. They were like, they put a like a, like a big squash in the microwave and they didn't poke any holes in it or anything. And they just put it in the microwave cooked it for like 10 minutes or whatever and my grandpa my great grandpa was standing like in front of the microwave and like the, the way it's laid out it's like a rectangular thing and there's like an island so i was sitting on like the island and all of a sudden the microwave literally exploded uh and like fucking my grandpa went flying like it was fucking it was crazy bro Whoa. But, like it literally like i'll never forget that and it was just like like it was like it was funny because I was scared, mm-hmm. but I just remember like all my aunts and uncles like laughing and shit. I was just like, because they're all just fucking hammered. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like the fucking microwave just blew the fuck up and there's squash everywhere and shit. That's so funny. And I didn't really give a fuck. It's not like I was going to eat squash anyway at that age, you know? Yeah. But it's like a butternut squash, like one of those big bitches. Yeah. That'll explode. And so like to this day, uh, and it was like an old ass microwave. I don't, I forgot the reason why it exploded, but to this day, I've never put like, like vegetables in the microwave. <laughs> Well, I imagine that's because you don't eat vegetables. No, I do eat vegetables. I like broccoli. Yeah. Lettuce. Okay. Uh, I'm a fan of vegetables. Brussels sprouts. I fucking love Brussels sprouts, bro. There's so much you could do with Brussels sprouts. Um, I think the best thing, Trader Joe's has this stuff called glaze. The balsamic? Yeah, it's the balsamic glaze. You put that on it and you stick them in, in the oven for like 30 minutes at 400. And then you finish them like two minutes on broil. So they get all crispy on the top. Mm-hmm. Some bacon bits on it too. Yeah, I. Brussels sprouts. I've gotten really is... picky about my bacon in older age. What? I'm 31 now, and I got to be picky about my bacon. Like, are uh, you extra crispy, dude, or you like the fat at the end? I'm fine with whatever part. I I don't mind if the bacon is all floppy. I like if it's crispy, but it it for certain uses. If you're putting bacon on a sandwich, that needs to be crispy, not greasy bacon. Yeah. If you're putting bacon on a burger. That should be pretty greasy bacon. Yeah. If you're putting bacon bits on something, it needs to be bacon that has been chopped with a knife, not bacon bits. Because they make that fucking bacon flavored shit they call bacon bits that a lot of places use. And I think that that should be a war crime. (laughs) We're not even in a war. Yeah, we are. You mean a crime against humanity? No, it's a war crime. It's it's what there war is are we a war? fighting? The war on fat asses? Yeah. The, and there's a war on good taste. Who's, and it's, who's winning? Right now, McDonald's. They're winning a war <laughs> on good taste, dude. They're making... Uh, that's the thing. Everybody talks shit about McDonald's, and the line is always fucking full. McDonald's is the shit. You have problems. But <laughs> most people... Well, you know... No, you, you don't care what you anybody thinks of you. You're happy with who you are as a person. Yeah. So for you, you're not worried. You're like, look, I'm, I weigh 73 pounds soaking wet with rocks in my pockets. <laughs> It, it's not like an indictment of With your character. Rocks in my pockets. It, it, for you to be like, I love McDonald's. People are like, oh, yeah, he's had a nugget. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, you know, for someone like me, like, there's a lot of fatties that are like, I don't like McDonald's. So then stop going there, bitch. Like, <laughs> but then I, I also do meet people uh, who they are, they don't admit it, but they eat most of their meals there. <laughs> what? 
Have you seen uh, I think was it Morland Spurlock or Morgan Spurlock's Super Size Me? Super Size Me, yeah. Mm-hmm. The much better version of that documentary is Super High Me with Doug Benson. He did 30 days of not smoking any weed and did all these tests and did comedy and all the stuff. And then he does 30 days of smoking as much weed as possible. And he does like all the different, like the same way that Spurlock got all the health checks and mental checks and everything. Yeah. He did the same thing with weed and like the weed. It was just like he was just happier. Damn. It technically improved his psychic ability. (laughs) His psychic ability? That was one of the things they tested for. They had a test where they would have cards with shapes on them. And he could guess from like a set of four or five shapes. And the dude like running the test would pull one up and then ask him to guess it. And he would just mark correct or not. And on without weed, he got like eight out of 50. And with weed, he got like 13 out of 50. (laughs) It's complete. It's not. Totally. Yeah. yeah, It's 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 meant to be be funny. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of that scene at the beginning of Ghostbusters with uh, the girl one, because yeah. I did not see the girl Ghostbusters. No, game. no, the, the the real one. Okay. Uh, with um, fucking damn it, who's the guy? Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray. Have you seen that one? Yeah. At the beginning, where he's doing that exact test, and if they yeah. get it wrong, he shocks them. Yeah. And the girl kept getting it right, but she was hot, and the guy kept getting it, or she kept getting him wrong. He'd be like, "Oh, fucking wow, you're really good at this." And then the guy <laughs> would get it right, he would shock him. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, old movies. Old comedies are really interesting to watch because the jokes that they were able to make back then were so much racier. Oh, uh, yeah. And it just it's really funny to see how poorly some of them have aged. Mm. Um, but then, like, like I really hate most old movies. Yeah. Like, have you seen Gone with the Wind? No. It is it was, not a good doesn't, movie. It doesn't, I never even read the book. Yeah. Don't bother. It's a huge waste of time. <laughs> it, it's like, it's when you look at the charts of, like, best-selling movies and shit and you see that it is on like these top 10 lists and places and it, and it has like certain records for like movie sales and viewership and shit. The reason is that it was just in the theaters for like 20 fucking years. Yeah. There were no other fucking movies. And if you were bored, you're like, what are we doing this weekend? Oh, we're seeing gone with the wind. Cool. <laughs> like, it's well, just... I'm pretty picky about my movies too. Like I hated avatar. The, the blue people movie. Yeah. Everybody loves it. I hated it. I thought the movie sucked ass. I've only seen it once and I was on seven grams of mushrooms. <laughs> oh fuck. And I was sitting in, you know how the fronts of big theaters, they have those handicapped chairs yeah. that are wider? I was sitting in one of those. Why? Because I was on a bunch of mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and my friends are all sitting in the row behind me, and I'm just sitting by myself. And there's a part, I don't remember much of the movie, but I know there's a part where there's like a fight at the end. Yeah. And the girl Avatar character gets hurt. <laughs> and I stood up from my chair and I was crying, and I held onto the the rail, and I just screamed, "No, girl avatar!" <laughs> and everyone there with me is just dying, fucking laughing, because I'm just yoked out of my mind, just oh! <laughs> going crazy on mushrooms and just cry, cream, wow, cry screaming <laughs> about girl avatar dying or whatever. Did you see the video? Do you know who the Nuck Boys are? Nug Boys. Nuck Boys, the YouTube group. Nuck if you buck. Nelk, N-E-L-K, the Nelk boys. No, I don't know anything about what you're saying. I'm 31, Galen. These guys do Old. like really fucking funny prank videos and stuff. But like when when uh when um prank videos. No, 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 not prank videos. But like they'll go into like uh lecture halls and stuff at like schools uh-huh. and just like run in with like a beer bong and start doing like beer bongs and like fucking. Like, oh, all right. I've or, seen like some Instagrams ke- of these. Yeah, keg stands or like they'll just like rip like bongs and like class and stuff and mm-hmm. then fucking. Like the teacher's like, what? Yeah. So they're 
a couple of 20 year olds having yeah. a really good time. But it's really fucking funny. They did. Um, but they did when the um, uh, end game came out. Uh, mm-hmm. Avengers end game came out. This they had him like pretend to be like retarded. Uh, and he like dressed up like in a full blown like Iron Man suit or whatever was in the theater. So like when Iron Man dies, like there's like there's just like a video of him just like in like just doing shit like no and he's like out, out of, like no and people are like yelling shut the fuck up and he's just like fucking screaming crying and he's just like please like out of everybody and he's like he like storms out of the theater and so he like sits outside and he has he's like mic'd up and as everybody's like leaving the theater he's like did he come back like did, did he come back to life and everybody's like man shut the fuck up quit a bitch and like stuff like that just walking by dude it was one of the the hardest like before the movie they had like the other dude like dressed up as like doctor strange uh-huh. like outside the theater like giving fake spoilers uh-huh. to the movie he's like hey man like, i don't want to give spoilers but man i can't believe fucking thor dies dude and shit like that or like he's like oh man dude he's like i can't believe hulk fucks fucks miss marvel or whatever the fuck like just crazy shit and like people uh-huh. like trying to like fight it it's really fucking funny uh, see there's some pranks that i enjoy because they like there, like, it's not even pranks, really. It's just like hidden camera shit. Yeah, like, like so I both do and don't like those because I think that we're in a society where you're not really allowed to punch people for bothering you in public, and I think you should be able to. I like, agree. you know, those guys in Home Depot. Like, I've seen so many videos of like there will be like a dude in Home Depot that's like just being a dad, looking at stuff, and then a young guy comes up behind him and goes, "Uh," in his ears. Yeah. If you do that to me, I get to punch you in the throat. Yeah. And then that's going to be a very funny video. But like, (laughs) that's how I think those kind of pranks should work. Whereas like, there's a really, I can't remember what the show is, but there's a prank show where they set up and rig this entire coffee shop so that this girl is on like a bad date with a guy. (laughs) And then she pretends to have psychic powers. Yes, And there's some actors in there, but then there's also like just a bunch of real people. (laughs) And they're seeing it like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) That I'm okay with. But like Avengers Endgame videos, bro. Like, if you're going to see that, it's arguably the biggest cinematic moment in history. Yeah. It, it's the largest group of fans in the entire world of any movie that could come out. And this is like their pinnacle of entertainment. So I think fucking with people there, it's inherently interesting and it's going to be funny, but you're not going to have a lot of good natured people. And like some people are going to have their movie experience ruined by even fake spoilers. Who cares? I do. Because it, it, you shouldn't have comedy that's at the expense of someone that's not willing to participate. What? I didn't. I didn't in any way, shape, or form go to the movies with the expectation that I was going to be fucked with. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm a pretty. I'm a pretty chill dude, and I like. If I'm going to go see a movie and someone is doing some prank shit, like, oh, dude, I don't want to spoil it, but fucking, you get to see Spider Man's cock, like <laughs> something like that. I'm like, that's pretty funny, like. <laughs> Uh, but just like, I could totally get why people would be mad about that. So I think that you have to do it in, uh, places where there's no stakes for the people where you're not going to ruin more than just a moment. And I think it's also important to reveal that you did fuck with them. Well, I'm sure they did cause they, their faces weren't blurred off. So they had to get, uh, they had to have them sign off on whatever. Yeah. Uh, which is like, you ever watching practical jokers? Yeah. They're great. Dude. Like when you see, when they start doing one and like the person, has their face blurred you're like okay well you know this is about to be great yeah because they're like i they said no yeah. to having it signed off so you're like you have to see whatever happens this one's gonna be good yeah. this one's gonna be good because they're like they said no yeah or whatever you're like okay but uh yeah dude that show's fucking hilarious bro like i'll never like i'll never forget the one where 
they were working at like a subway uh-huh. uh and they were like hey like q like after every topping the guy has to put on just like punch his sandwich uh and so he's like you know he puts on the meat and just fucking socks it and you just it zooms in on the guy's face being like what and he's like, like what? What else? And the guy's like olives, and he just punches it, and you see the olives fly everywhere. And then the guy's just the guy just stand there, and he starts like each time he gets more. Rel- he's like, what else? And the guy just like doesn't want to say anything else, and he's just like, he's like, you want any cheese, man? And so he like he's like, yeah. And they're like drop an elbow, and so he literally jumps up and fucking drops an elbow on the guy's <laughs> sandwich, bro. And the guy just stands there, dude. It's the funniest thing, dude. I'll show you. I'll show you after we're done. Dude, uh, that fucking rule. I mean, that's so funny. Uh, dude, I'll never. The guy just stood there, just like, all right, what the fuck? Yeah. And he just fucking bop, bop. It's fucking so funny. Yeah, I. So that's the other thing. Like, I love impractical jokers. I could also never do that. I could. I could never do any of the pranks on that show. I just something about me. It gives me infinity anxiety. Oh, potential spam. I'm not answering that. That's no, not I, be I. I never answer random numbers. Oh, dude, I think you were on stage and you, oh, shit. Um, I don't know what you were talking about because I was hammered. This was, this also wasn't last night either. It was a while ago. I just didn't, I forgot to, I just forgot about it. But you were talking about how like someone, like it was a a phone number. You're like, well, I got to answer this because it could be like maybe a cop or something. But I specifically don't answer random numbers uh, in case it's a cop. (laughs) But you're like, oh, maybe this is a cop. I should answer this. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, That's a... That's a real story. What so was it? I, that's from uh, my friend's daughter was getting bullied. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. You're like, well, I got to answer this call. And I was like, what? And then the principal called me. Um, no, dude, I've, I'm, I got to figure out. Uh, so I'm going to be roasting someone next to defend my championship. But the person that I'm roasting, I don't really know anything about. Who? Holly Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. But she's done very well in all of the roasts, and she just beat Casey Rocket, which, she to writes, my knowledge, bro. she writes. I'm bro. the only other person to have defeated Casey. I think. Oh uh, no, Simon did. Simon Nash beat him as well. But Casey, when he gets going on his like silly Casey stuff, yeah, even in roast battle, it's fucking awesome. Well, it was really fucking funny to watch because I was there for the roast battle for hers and yours. Uh, and it was really funny because, like, in the beginning when Casey's doing his thing, uh, Brian Vokey was, like, in the back. And, like, he had this look on his face of, like, he clearly doesn't know who Casey is. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck's going on? And then maybe, like, a minute and a half later, he was just dying. In tears. Liter- yeah. yeah. Literally, you're like, at first, you're like, what the fuck? And then it's like, Bingo. then he gets you. Yeah. Uh, and so like, that was hilarious. Yeah, no, she she's a writer, bro. She's Who'd, good. What the fuck, Casey? Oh, he had a picture of her as the little girl with Slenderman. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was like one of his first roasts. And he showed the picture to the crowd, and then he handed it to the judges' table. And Brian and Ramses or Ramsey are both like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. And then he had another picture of her with like some, and then he was like, Oh, I'm a bad person. Well, here's me with Nelson Mandela. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then he had a shirt on with her picture on it that said like war criminal. Or yeah. Something. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just the whole, the whole thing was fucking perfect. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, it was such a weird thing. So that's one of the kind of crazy things about roast battle is that, Crowds tend to want to vote for or side with someone uh, regardless of what actually happened in the roast, but just Mm. based on their feelings. So like with Heather, 
So I went against Heather Keith, who was the champion and previously undefeated. So she had beat everybody and it's just been unstoppable. And she's a great writer. I mean, she has great roast jokes. And uh, the first two judges voted for me. And then the third one voted for her. And then the fourth one voted for me. But when they were voting for me, the crowd didn't sound happy about it. When they voted for her, people cheered. And they crowned me the new champion. And the crowd, like some of the crowd was stoked about it. But some of the crowd was like, no, it should be Heather still. No. It's like, what is happening? It is funny because I was sitting in the back with like other comics and shit. And some chick... Uh, like when they were like doing the whatever and afterwards I was like clapping uh, for you because it was very it was a close battle but I definitely had you winning and the same thing with Holly and Casey uh, yeah. a lot of people thought Casey won but I actually had it with her because like it was actually really impressive uh, I even texted her I was like that was incredibly impressive because not only did she win he went first and had last joke and then did this thing because they like lost count so he actually ended up having seven jokes to her five so yeah. he got two extra things in there and still lost. And so it was like, that was impressive that what, you know, the less, what, what she said was less than what, and it was very like quick where his whole things were long. He, he definitely, uh, like owned the stage, but she still won, yeah. which is the most impressive thing. And that, and that's what I was impressed by. Cause she just had, uh, no matter what he did, she was unflappable. Cause that was, that's one of the things that I've noticed just from like the strategy of roast battle. If you are up there and you Hold can up. get you good, what? The rest of the season. What? Who? Did you not get the notification? Rendon's done for the season. What? All right. Well, I'm recording. I'm recording a podcast right now, but I turned my shit off. Oh, then why would you answer? Let me pause. It. And we're back. Sorry, Galen had to talk about baseball because because <laughs> that's important. It is important. Our, well, what sucks, Dick, is that... Uh, the Angels? Yes. <laughs> what about sucks, the Angels. Dick, is the Angels? But this guy, Anthony Rendon, was like a monster. And so in 2019, we signed him to a seven-year, $275 million contract. Nice. And in that time, he's been like the worst player ever. And he's only played in, I think it's 52% of possible games because he keeps getting hurt. Wow. And then he just got hurt uh, like a couple days ago. And they're like, oh, he'll be back in no time. And then right now... They just announced that he's having season-ending surgery, and so now he's gonna miss the rest of the season. He missed all of last year. Missed so we literally we're paying him forty million dollars per year for actually nothing, like that's less than nothing. So awesome! No, that's disgusting. That's, for him, I that want him arrested. Rules, dude. His life rules. <laughs> what? Hey, what do you do? Nothing. I'm injured. <laughs> what do you do professionally? Rehab. <laughs> Physical therapy is what I do. Oh, does it pay well? $40 million a year. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think I heard you correctly. You said that all you do is ride a stationary bicycle and get massages. And for that, you're paid $40 million a year. <laughs> I don't think I heard that right. <laughs> just could you, could you just clarify for me? Because I know... Uh, right now, there's a lot of people that are just like starving to death because they because <laughs> they don't have any food. And I bet if we could get them like an exercise bike and a massage table, they would do that for <laughs> for less a hundred bucks, dude. <laughs> I bet I bet they they might even do it for free <laughs> if you fed them. So like, it's just crazy. Some people get paid forty million dollars to exercise. <laughs> Dog. No, I get that he's talented and had a lot of potential. It was just that's 
so funny. It, that, that, that perspective is really funny, but it's just also, it's like, there's gotta be a way like a contracts are there's like major league baseball player contracts are just like guaranteed no matter what. Yeah. But like NFL players contracts are not. So yeah. Like, Cause they have be- a worse union because they get head injuries. <laughs> Football players are fucking dumb because they get hit in the head and they all have CTE just <laughs> mashing into each other as fast as they possibly can and getting stronger so they can mash into each other harder. And then all those fucking dumb dumbs are like, oh, I'm going to I'm a get I'm going to get a lawyer to help me get more money. And then I'll give him some money so that I have money. <laughs> and then when they're 40 and they're fucking useless and retarded, they're like, I don't have any money anymore. So <laughs> I am going to be a sports analyst or work at a car dealership. Why do they sound like Kermit the Frog? Because they're retarded. <laughs> Kermit has CTE. Did you not know that? Kermit played for the Dallas Cowboys in their golden years. <laughs> Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Kermit the Frog, dude. That was the big three. Fuck Dion. Kermit was the star. He was number eighty-seven. Back to the the back to the roast thing. <laughs> just, I just remember the question that I had. Oh yeah, um, but uh, one of the jokes, uh, the one about uh, her being like a one or whatever. Uh-huh. Where did you write that? Like, what was the inspiration behind that? I it was literally uh, like, so I had when I'm preparing for a roast, I go and I just watch a bunch of roast battles. And I had seen a couple of different jokes where people had talked about being ugly and like being a one and found creative ways of calling people, you know, a three or a five. And like, uh, I just thought it would be funny uh, to call uh, her boyfriend like uh, a loser, but also her a bigger loser (laughs) in one joke. And I thought that it would be good because I knew Patrick was probably going to be roasting that night that it would be easy to reference him in a joke and maybe get like extra points for the reference to something. Cause if I make a joke that looks like it was written on the spot, it gets so much more credit with the audience Mm -hmm. than if you can tell that it was written beforehand. So to have something that's referential like that, um, did you ever roast at the store? No, I never got to, uh, the first time that, so here's the thing. I, my first roast battle I ever did was when I was like three or four months in, and I went against Tony Ayala in San Antonio at Jokers 22 or Jokesters or whatever it's called down there. Oh, that bar? Mm-hmm. And <sighs> Tram Trin and her boyfriend, whose name I'm blanking on at the moment, AJ, I want to say, AJ Garza, maybe? I know. Um, but so the two of them put on this roast show, and it was uh, also a uh, bracket. So there were eight of us and then four, and then two. But you couldn't write for... You had to write for basically everybody with the, uh, the outside chance that you would advance in the bracket. Oh. And it, so it just nobody... There's nobody on the, the show was a good enough roaster to write for everybody like that. Sure. So a lot of the impromptu stuff was kind of silly and like worked really well. Um, but I remember a couple of my jokes that I did about Tony, I had run by other people and asked if they were funny. And like, so he is, he's a really, really, really big Mexican guy. Uh, and he wears like bright colored shirts a lot that usually have like funny, like he'll have, he has one shirt that has like little peppers in like a pattern on it. And he has another one that has little tacos in a pattern and that's what he'd wear on stage. And, uh, we, we were like good friends. So we had a bunch of stuff. And I remember he's saying he looked like the Kool-Aid man if he was Mexican and from a thrift store, (laughs) like he was going to burst through the wall and go, Oh, see, 
Oh, see. <laughs> and I did that and nothing. Not not one single laugh or even a chuckle. And it was just like, what? That's what? Fuck you, people. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then he did a joke about, uh, he goes, um, I thought it was really weird when Mike kept telling me how much he loves cinnamon. And then it really bothered me when I found out that his sister is a stripper named Cinnamon. Uh, and like, it's fine. It's funny. Sure. Yeah. It's, I don't have a, my sister doesn't strip and her name's not cinnamon. And also I like cinnamon a little bit, but I like it with sugar. So it wasn't yeah. like, Hey, here's a funny fact about Mike worked into a roast joke. It was just a good roast joke. Uh, and that leveled the room. Everybody just went fucking ape shit. Uh, so he wins and I'm like, all right, I don't even think I like roasts cause I wrote good roast jokes and they didn't fucking care. So fuck that. And I didn't do another one until I moved back to Austin. But I was scheduled to roast Eli at the comedy store in March of 2020. Uh, yeah, dude. So I've done the I've, I've done the comedy store roast a few times. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. What's your record? Oh, and three. Oh, baby boy. I know. But I was going against every dude that I battled was ranked. And so That's I was sick. like, if I'm because like my whole thing was that I don't want to like go up there against, you know, like Dom and like destroy him or something like that. I'd rather, you know, go up against someone where it's shots be- fired, Dom. <laughs> well, he literally will tell you that he doesn't want to roast battle me because he knows that I would destroy him. Literally, when he opens for me, I go on stage and roast him. Like, is it like the first three jokes in my set list? I just literally roast him. And so he's is like, is that what you're going to do when I open for you? Um, I'll probably write something. Yeah. Um, but maybe nah, not. Dude, I'm just going to bury you. It's going to be hilarious. I'm just going to go fucking just murder the room. And then you're going to be like, oh, uh, no, I'm nah, that doesn't happen. No, I know. But it'd the be Andrew Tar destroyed. Yeah. And I still followed that shit like a G. So yeah, for sure. Um, I, it was a joke. I know. Um, I know. But, um, but like I was saying, yeah, like, but just like literally like you were saying, so like I battled Nate Welch uh-huh. and like, I, you know how, you know how my jokes are. It's literally set up punch, like, like definition of like jokes. And then I could riff on whatever. So I do this like that. My best joke was like joke of the whatever um, shit. What did I say about him? Oh, I said like uh, Nate was a bouncer for 13 years, but now the only thing he bounces are his titties. Mm-hmm. And uh, his best joke was Galen looks like he takes baths. And he won. I was like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, there's not even that's not even like writing. Like, it's not even. I get that. But it's also in the delivery because the other night at the roast of Clay, the door guy from yeah. Creek. I don't remember who said it. But someone said, oh, John Rice said that Jimmy Clifford looks like he fucks soup. <laughs> and it was one of those like, he goes, Jimmy, you look like you fuck soup. <laughs> and then, like, we all paused for a minute. And then I lost my fucking mind laughing. And I just kept calling Jimmy soup fucker. <laughs> soup fucker. It's just, it's so dumb. And it, it just, in a weird way, kind of made sense. But, man, I, I really... I thought that was very it, it was the joke that made me laugh the hardest of the night was That's that funny. joke, even though uh, dude, all star performance on the roast dais, Robert May. I don't know who that is. He's the bartender at Creek oh. and he's gone to Lucky Duck a couple times and gotten up on the mic and done the open mic. And he's done, I think, a couple at the Creek now, but he did roasts of Clay and just about everybody on stage. And I mean, like no misses. Really? Like, it was pretty fucking impressive. Nice. For somebody that doesn't, like, frequently do comedy. Right. Um, he, he did great. Jack Timmons hosted very well. He was a great host for that. And he was also very easy to roast and make fun of for everybody. Jack? So, yeah. yeah. I can see that. Um, th- that style of roast is very interesting because you're doing a lot more of them in a row. 
And it's also not a competition. Yeah, so people aren't, there's no stakes like that about it. I felt like the meaner you got on that one, the more people liked it. Yeah. Which was cool. Whereas, so like when I roast battled, you know, Anthony Davis? Mm-hmm. So I roast battled Anthony Davis. That was the first one I did. And he, like my jokes were far superior mm-hmm. than his. But he had this weird, They even in like the write-up, they called it like juke ju- or joke judo. Because he literally would like somehow take, like his rebuttals weren't rebuttals against me. He would just like collect what I said and make it seem, it, like it's as if he said it all. Like mm. he took like all the energy from what I said, which leveled the room. And he like took it in a way to where it's like as if he said it. It was very weird. And he's v- very impressive. That's cool. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that one went to a, a crowd vote. Uh, and then the one against Steve Lardner went to a crowd vote twice. And then they just didn't go my way. I, was like, I still Whatever. can't believe Steve has an Irish accent. What do you mean? He's from there. I know. But the first time I met Steve was at your house party at that house oh, show really? you threw. That's so funny. And I was so drunk that I didn't realize that Steve had an Irish accent. <laughs> I just remembered meeting him and him being nice and cool. And then I saw him at a show and he went up and I was like, why is he doing an Irish accent? That's <laughs> fucking... <laughs> and then it just kept going. I was like, oh, buddy, <laughs> he's Irish. <laughs> like, That's fucking funny. Yeah. I can't believe he quit. That dude was funny as fuck, dude. Dude, it's wild to see how many people have either quit or they just like stop showing up. Yeah. yeah. Like silently, like they're taking a break or whatever, but like, dozens. I remember I'm coming back. That's whatever. Yeah. That's the other thing that, like, if anybody has it in their brain that they want to quit comedy, they should just quit comedy. Right then and there. Because to me, even, like, I've done some fucking hell gigs recently, mm-hmm. dude. I was, because uh, so for filming the special, I wanted to do as many long sets as possible, mm-hmm. which there's just not a lot of places to do 20 minutes in Austin. So. If any. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, it's I mean, you can book something and do it, but outside of making it happen yourself. There's not really a space to do 20. So, uh, you know, we're I'm trying to figure out where I can do that. And uh, John Rice messaged me about this guy uh, who's a partially deaf comedy magician who's based out of Redding, California. And you know him. You interacted with him. We're not saying his name. Okay, yeah, we're not saying his name. But he runs this he's part of this group of guys that do comedy and magic and improv and stuff and they tour and they have an Amazon special. And so he needed people to do 20 and 25. So I was like, perfect. I'll take the 20 slot so I can just keep running twenties. Right. And they're going to be bar shows. So I'm going to have to work for my laughs. So that'll give me just like a really good head of steam going in. Right. The first one we went to is in a town called LaSalle, Texas. (laughs) How far away is that? Uh, It was a, Two hour and 45 minute drive. That's not that bad. Not not terrible. But the reason that it, it was kind of dicey is the last 30 minutes of the drive was through uh, it. The road went two ways, but it was only one lane wide. So if someone was coming, you both had to pull over. Bruh. And they were through cornfields <laughs> and they were just like FM. They were farm to market roads there. So it was like 930. Is that what FM stands for? Farm to market. Yes. What? Yeah. No so, way. Yeah. You're like, you've seen FM, like, 18, four, and I'm like, I don't... Yeah, farm to market. Farm to market? Yeah. What? So, the old country roads, they didn't need to have fucking names for just this dirt road that connected the two, but when they want to put those into maps so that people can navigate, they have to give it a name. So, what does this do? It's from your farm to the market, 
That's hilarious. And then they just numbered them. So they have them all across. It's funny. Like, uh, different places have different ways that they name them, but farm to markets are very common. So we're taking these just numbered little back ass roads through <laughs> cornfields and we have no service. So it's just my GPS downloaded as much of the directions as it could. And then we're just hoping that we're doing the right thing because we have no fucking service and the GPS can't find you if you have no service. So it's just guessing. And we finally pull up. We get to this four way stop sign intersection in the middle of cornfields as high as the car. And just on the side, there's a prefab building. It's like one of those like plywood and metal that they've just poured insulation into. Yeah. And just on the front, it just says the shack. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's that is the name of the venue. It's the shack. And so we park and go in. And as we walk in, it's pretty decently sized. Um, there's a big stage. There's a couple pool tables in the back. There's probably 20 tables set up uh, enough room that if they had been full, it would have sat probably 80. Um, but instead we had 26. Uh, but the first thing that happens is a very short, strange looking woman walks up and she goes, hi, I'm Skittles. I used to be a bartender here, but then I got fired for going to jail. <laughs> She's like, what? You Hello, said the place is empty? Skittles. No, there's like 20 ish people. There. Oh, okay. Sorry. I miss her. Uh, and then her boyfriend comes over and he has huge fucking teeth. She's like horse teeth. <laughs> and he goes, Hey man, I'm Jerry Garcia and I got 10 fingers. And shows me that he has 10 fingers because Jerry Garcia, uh, the musician, was missing a finger. So he thinks that's the cleverest thing in the world. He proceeds to say that maybe 30 times that night. I'm Jerry Garcia, but I got 10 fingers. Like, that's his catchphrase. And he, within five minutes of meeting him, tells me a story about going to jail because he used to be a gangbanger and rob and shoot people. <laughs> and now he's, he's a better person now. And this, he's like the, he spends every day at this bar. So everybody knows him and he's just like the king of LaSalle. So, all right, whatever, you know, so, <laughs> so this is where we are. There's no food around. I, there's like no, nothing to do. There's no service. Thankfully the bar has Wi-Fi. So, and then I go to order a drink and I'm like, Hey, what kind of beer do you, or what kind of drinks you have? And she goes, we have beer. I was like, what kind? She goes, beer. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, she goes, Bud Light? I was like, you just have Bud Light? <laughs> like, what do you do you have Shiner? And she goes, of course. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> of so, course, you so idiot. Shiner's about the only beer that I can drink uh, that, that doesn't bother me as much anymore. Like, bother you with what? It's just like the taste of Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light. Lone Star? Lone Star, PBR, fucking any of those domestic just piss beers. It's just, it's nauseating. It's just fucking gross and I hate it. And IPAs are good, but they just, they make my tummy hurt and they make me tired. Um, I don't like IPAs. I think they taste like, like black licorice. I get that. Like, and some of them are very sour and, and like there are some craft beers that I can sip on and enjoy, but for the most part, I just, I stay away from beer cause it's just a waste of money time and I can have a hundred of them and still be sober cause yeah. I'm a giant person. So, yeah. cause I'm uh, a giant person. so I, uh, drinking my shiner and then i'm fucking hungry and there's no food so she's like well we got pizza and i was like oh cool and she goes you want uh DiGiorno three meat or red baron pepperoni <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like fuck i guess DiGiorno. fuck i guess DiGiorno then that's DiGiorno used to be fire so anyway she puts it in a toaster oven to cook and we're watching the show <coughs> <coughs> so i go up i do 20 minutes uh, it goes pretty well, honestly. Uh, like six out of ten, 
Um, I, most of the jokes everybody laughed at. Nothing murdered, but nothing bombed at all. Sure. And a couple, I like. I got applause at, at like not like an applause break, but claps from people for stuff. Sure. So, my set's over. John goes up. John is gay and doesn't reveal that until like five minutes into his set. He's doing twenty five. Does great. Uh, some of the more explicit gay jokes, you could tell like some people in there got really uncomfortable about. And then the comedy magician whose name we're not saying goes up to headline and his first joke he does. And it's okay. That's all right. This is what, <laughs> all, right, all right, this is where we're at. So I, I sit down and like, he's getting some good laughs and his magic's making people laugh and it's not bad by any means. It's just like not my flavor. So me and John are sitting at the end of the bar and then the lady comes and brings me my pizza and it is super undercooked and like kind of wet on the bottom <laughs> It's like just very weird, and I don't want to say anything. And I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna eat this terrible kind of soggy pizza. It's one of those where you can't just like leave it there, right? And be disrespectful. Correct. And yeah. I can't ask her to cook it again because she just cooked it like I think the most she could. So like, I'm just like, all right, well, this is this is Mike's life, whatever. <laughs> and then this dude at the end of the bar, he's an older guy. He turns to me and Johnny goes. Hey man, you guys are fucking great. You might kick this guy off your tour about the headliner. <laughs> and we're like, Oh no, man, this is his tour. He just brought us work comedians from Austin. Uh, he tours all over the country and he just brought us with him on these shows. And he goes, well, man, fellas, you guys are just hilarious. You're really incredible. I'd love to buy you a drink. Uh, and we're like, Oh man, that's so kind. Thank you so much. So he you know, buys us you know, a couple drinks and uh, it's very nice. And then, Show, show keeps going, and then the comedy magician kind of has a lull for a second, and that guy turns back around, and he goes, man, fucking LaSalle sucks. You know, this city just fucking sucks. You guys were hilarious. I'm sorry you didn't have more people to hear you and laugh and enjoy it, because, I mean, you guys were just fucking great. And we're like, dude, that's so nice. Like, thank you for saying that. LaSalle's not that bad. And he goes, no, man, this place fucking sucks. I fucking hate this bar. I fucking hate this town. And I was like, well... Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, like, I'm having a pretty good time. I enjoyed it. And he goes, that's, that's man, that's really kind of you. He says all that. Come to find out, after the show, the guy sells merch and stuff, and we're doing the kind of little talk and schmoozing after the show. And, hey, so great to meet you. Here's my Instagram. Mostly, right. it's Skittles and Jerry Garcia yelling opinions and advice to us on how to be funnier. And it's like, okay. Uh, a dude walks up, and he says to me, hey, man, you're really funny. And he goes to John, and you'd be funny too, but you got to cut out talking about all that gay shit. And John's like, oh, I mean, you know, people seem to like it. It was pretty funny. And he goes, ah, yeah, but stop. And it, like, <laughs> and it was like, oh, dude, he's that guy wants to fuck men and is mad about it. Like, what, what a weird person. So we're like that. And then we go to say bye. Uh, and I go to close up my tab. And the guy at the end of the bar goes, hey, I took care of y'all's tab. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, Dude, that's so kind. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And he goes, well, it's my bar. I don't really care. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I own the place. And the, the bartender goes, well, and he goes, what? You want to say something? I do own it. I let her run it. <laughs> and it turns out his wife's the manager of the bar. And he's he's just this super cool old dude. He's like, I fucking hate this city. I hate this bar. I own it and live here. <laughs> just like, what a fucking cool ass dude. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's not a hell gig though uh so that one wasn't 
that bad. That was the first one I did with him. The last one I did with him was definitely a hell gig. So it was a two-hour drive to Tokyo, T-O-K-I-O, Tokyo, Texas. All right. Not a city that should exist. Uh, the bar was built in 1858. That's pretty uh, cool. So pre-Civil War. That, um, I think that's tight. It would be if it should have stayed standing. I don't know how it still existed. It's a <laughs> little... They haven't, haven't upkept it? Kind of, I guess. But he was telling... The owner of the bar was there, and he's a really nice guy. And I'm not shitting on the venue at all, but it was... He went through a lot of trouble and effort to restore and build all of the floorboards out of authentic 1850s wood and all this stuff. But there are several places where there are uh, load-bearing license plates. He's taking six or seven license plates and screwed them into the floor to hold up places. <laughs> So it's pretty wild. Um, the so we get there about an hour and a half, two hours before the show. Uh, Damn, not on purpose. Just okay. I was supposed uh, to be like, "What the hell?" But just happened that way. Um, and that headliner wanted us there always, the bef- an out more than an hour before the shows, to help him set up the merch table and to bring all the speakers in and set up all the equipment and uh. stuff. Um. And that was why he split merch sales with us. It's like, hey, if you help me set up and do and set up the merch and everything, I'll give you a portion of whatever I sell. Sure. So it's like, you know, for an extra 20, 30 bucks, I'll set up a fucking merch table. Yeah. Um, So we get there early. uh, We carry everything in. We get it all set up. And then we're sitting on the front porch. uh, Like it has a porch swing in the front of this little shack thing. And a dude comes driving up and he's wearing just barely like shorts like I'm wearing. But they're like his ass is all the way out. And he's sitting in an electric wheelchair. He probably weighs 450, 500 pounds. He's just this huge fucking mostly naked, white hair, old fucking dude. You can just barely see these gray shorts that are barely like it's probably boxer briefs that just aren't very much on him. And he's just cruising down the street in his electric wheelchair and stops, gets his mail and then turns around to go back inside. And it's like, holy shit. Holy shit. And then uh, a dude pulls up, and he looks just like Cotton Hill from King of the Hill. He's this little bitty, just super tan redneck guy, and he's fucking awesome. He's got a little kind of funky hand on one of his hands, and he used to use that to drift trucks. Just wild stories about him. Then, uh, so those that guy came in just to buy beer and then leave. So we're getting ready for the show, and zero audience shows up. (laughs) <laughs> Not one single person shows up. So there's the owner of the bar, and then there's the owner of the bar's best friend, who's this real big dude. The real big dude walks in about 15 minutes before showtime, and he walks in and sits at the very first table, sits down, and uh, he's while he's sitting down, the headliner says to the uh, to me, "See, Mike, he's smart." He just came in and sat down right away so he doesn't fall through the floor. And he's pointing out because this guy's bigger than me. But when you walk on the floor in this bar, it warps almost two to three inches everywhere you step. <laughs> so, just you or like no, would it do everyone, it for me too? Everyone. Yeah, it would do it for you too. Fuck. Uh, like it's just because the wood is warped and worn. Like it just, and it's old fucking wood. It just bends down in some places. Not enough to break, but enough that it moves. And it's not everywhere. It's just like little spots where it's like that. Yeah. But it's so bad that when I got on stage to grab the microphone, I stepped towards the stage and it made the mic stand fall over and I had to catch it because of how much it leaned from the wood warping. <laughs> so that's the, what we're working with. I'm walking through and he says that to me. And then the owner goes, 
Oh, you don't got to be worried about falling through that much. It's only about six, seven inches down. What you got to be worried about is all the rattlesnakes that live under there. And I'm like, ha, 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 that's so funny. And he goes, no, nah, we got about 22 of them that live under there. I'm like, rattlesnakes? <laughs> and then he pulls up a picture, and he's like, yeah, this is the mama. And he shows us a picture of this big fucking pregnant-ass rattlesnake. And he's like, she's had a few, like, litters or whatever you call them. And he's had, like, a bunch, of, and they just keep hatching. And then he walks to the back of the bar and goes, and then you hear all the fucking rattles going off. I'm like, what the fucking shit? (laughs) Don't call anybody. Better. The headliner is deathly afraid of snakes. So he's immediately like, oh, fucking shit. (laughs) Like terrified. He's going to fall through and have to deal with his biggest nightmare of snakes. Uh, So we're like, what the fuck? Whatever. So we wait like 15 minutes after a show's supposed to start just to see if anybody shows up. They don't. So it's just those two guys. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll just get up and tell you guys a couple stories. So yeah. like, I get up and like I said, the mic stand falls over from warping. I grab it to start my set. I'm just telling a story to these two guys. And uh, I'm telling like the Ron Jeremy story because they're older and they'll know who he is. And they yeah. do. And they love it. They're having so much fun. And 15 into my 20, uh, Dude walks in and comes and sits down at the bar. And I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, audience member. I catch him up. And then I do my closer. That's my joke about uh, dirty talk with my wife. And it's about five minutes. Does great. All three of them laugh. It's so cool. I'm like, yeah, I killed for three people. Fuck yeah. You. Awesome. Yeah. So proud of myself. And then I bring John up. And then John's like, oh, thank you for joining us to this third guy. You know, what? Did you know you were coming to a comedy show? And he goes, no, the grinder mill broke at work, so it couldn't make any more feed. Just came here to have some drinks. <laughs> like, all right, man. All right. Yeah. That's the most country sentence ever. So we do our sets. Comedy magic guy does his comedy magic, but he doesn't have any volunteers for the magic. It's just <laughs> the three guys. And some of his like jokes and bits depend on having a lot of people there. So he's like, can't you get one? Like, he just has to keep scrambling to change his jokes and material because there's not enough people for it. And it's super fucking funny to watch him just like squirm. Uh, so two hours there, two hours back, had to do 20 minutes for two and then almost three people. And I got $75. That's pretty tight. What are you talking about? That is the biggest I spent. I'm, it took cost me six hours of my time. I know, but it's better than getting nothing though. Sure, it's better than getting nothing, but that's a fucking. I could have stayed in Austin, yeah, and not story. driven fucking everywhere. I bought a shirt from the place too, so ah, take well, some of the money out. Yeah, but also I wanted to have the shirt for that story. Like, oh, remember that time I performed for three people on top of rattlesnakes? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I th- it's been a while since I told that story about when I got booed off stage with that scary the Mongols mm-hmm. at that bar, and then I guess you had done a show there too mm-hmm. and ran into them too. Mm-hmm. Crazy, bro. So that's like, I'm thinking like hell gigs. I think like that, dude. I'm just like, I was scared for my life. So I was like making fun of the military. And like, then I just started fucking, it was pretty scary, bro. Well, yeah, but that was your decision to make fun of the military. But it's like a pro-military joke. They were just too retarded to understand. They just, they just thought that I was shitting the military, even though it's like a pro. It's like when I do that fucking, it worked last night. Uh, The people that were there last night were smart. But like, I was doing a show uh, the other day and I do that homeless encampment joke. Mm -hmm. Uh where it's like a it's a pro it's a pro black joke but like if you're not fucking if you're retarded you just hear like the punchline involving some like a black person and you're like whoa but it's a pro black joke it's a pro black joke 
it's like, how are you too retarded? So like, you're like, whoa. And I'm like, so I remember on the this, this show that I did a couple weeks ago, I was like, well, fucking, you can't say black anymore. It's a pro-black joke. Mm-hmm. And fucking everybody's like, oh, ha, ha. It's just like fucking, it's the times it are weird. The, also, like, if it's an all-white room, they get very uncomfortable if you say black. Yeah, but like the Any black race, people actually. will die. Correct. Die laughing, That's, bro. That is legitimately part. my biggest argument for why diverse shows are more fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you, there's some of these fucking just like bro dudes that are like diversity's fucking stupid. You don't fucking need to be diverse. It's like you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. If you don't have a diverse group of people, then you're not going to have a diverse group of references mm-hmm. available to you. If I'm doing, I have a couple of jokes uh, that are they just mention race. They're not race jokes or jokes about any particular race but they mention the race of the person in the joke and if the race of the person in the joke is represented in the crowd a hundred times of a hundred they will do better yeah every single time like if if i have a my my joke where i talk about black people like if there are no black people there i won't do the joke because i just from experience of trying to do it it if it's an all-white crowd they won't laugh and it's just like super weird uptight fucking douchebags yeah well the same thing honky ass crackers dude all asian room all black room all mexican room it's definitely it's all different bro you've done an all asian room yeah you performed at a school (laughs) (laughs) god the parking for that show must have been a nightmare (laughs) (laughs) no that was the show that i got booed off stage (laughs) yeah yeah, I didn't get booed off stage, but I got banned from the venue. Yeah, I literally just so uh, I just watched the podcast that with Jimmy. It came out like right before this. I was just sitting and talking about watching it, and uh-huh. so like I skipped ahead because like the way he does it. That you were right, dude. The, that editing guy, the podcast was fire. Yeah, like, I couldn't stop watching. I was like, yep. wow, like I'm, like I was killing it already, and then the guy's editing just made it like. Better. The zoom ins on my face, yep. the, the expressions that he like zoomed in on. I was the like, little ad libs he adds on the screen, so much better. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit! Like it was great. Yeah, um, ten out of ten. But so I told that story. And it was really funny because at one point, because uh, like in the middle of it, I was like, and I was like, and I love Mike. Like I'm fucking, we go way back. Like I love Mike and blah, blah blah. And Jimmy was like, dude, I think my favorite thing, uh, I think my favorite thing about Galen is that he talks more shit to your face. Than when you're out of the room, yeah. Because he's like, dude, if Mike was in here right now, there's no way that there's none of that. Oh, I love Mike type shit. Like, fuck no, he just you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, he's the only dude I know that talks shit more to your face than <laughs> yeah. it, than it is behind your back. And I was like, well, it's funnier that way. Uh, but and it was really funny because at the end, uh, I just I was like, it was just really funny because. Uh, and then, yeah, he pulls up the clip of me kicking that guy out. Uh, and mm-hmm. like just the whole that, that, that whole night was just hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was the night I got my hat stolen by that homeless guy. Mm-hmm. And like, so the whole night was just hilarious. And it's just the fact that that happened. And then at the end, I was like, like, it was just so funny. because I was like, they know that we're friends and mm-hmm. that we're still friends. And that uh, it was just back to back. We're my- not friends anymore, Galen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm friend breaking up with you. <laughs> it was just funny that like back to back. You go up there and get banned, and then I go up there and kick out paying customers. Yeah. It's, it's like... We rule. <laughs> we rule. Yeah, dude, we're the best. <laughs> also, fuck paying customers that get so drunk that they can't participate. Like, they can't just listen to a comedy show. He zoomed in on the video to where you could see the guy, like, like hitting people on the way out. Yeah. Like, because he can't stand up straight. Yeah. But, yeah, that night was fucking classic. I'm so glad we took a picture that night. Yeah. Because it's just... We also... Like, it's just... That picture is, like, one of my favorite pictures because, like... Like I literally look like a like a kid, correct? Like, I, like 
because I mean it was also like four years ago. Yeah. Uh, but like, and then you know you still look like you. Yeah. Uh, but like I just look so young. And Dude, like you with look hope. sixteen. Yeah. Still. <laughs> no, I look older now. Yeah. Now that I could grow a little bit of facial hair, and I kind of get little like wrinkles. If you shaved the sideburns where it doesn't grow in all the way, you would look older. That's what I normally do. Yeah. I just rock the goatee. Yeah. But um, I've just been lazy. Yeah, I get that. I I also get to be lazy always because I can go like four days without shaving before you even notice. Yeah, I was about to ask. Like, do you even shave? This is two days, no shaving. Can't see, can't see shit. There's nothing. It's great. I don't get a five o'clock shadow until like the third day. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh man, fucking! That reminds me. One of my favorite roast jokes was uh, when Joe Urell was battling Robin Tran. Dude, uh, that battle is one of the best battles to ever exist. But when he said the only thing bigger than her her shadow is her five o'clock shadow, yeah, the fuck, dude. Yeah, I've uh, I've retweeted every time that they've fucking posted that on the roast battle Twitter. But their battle back and forth, legendary, so fucking good, legendary. Bro. I can't wait to watch this battle with me and Heather though, because some of her, I was so in the moment that I was listening to her jokes. Well, no, I was listening to her to respond, not to listen. So like. From the perspective of uh, when I'm in the uh, like roast mode, when they're talking to me, I'm listening for how I can take anything you're saying and then make you look like an idiot for saying it. Yeah. Or if it's going really well, how I can agree with you to make myself look funnier too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just I'm just analyzing in real time what you're saying to try and respond to it, mm-hmm. but I'm not processing if it's funny or not or any of that. I'm like. Did they like it? Did you say this? Okay, am I fat? What do I say back to that? Are you calling mm-hmm. me gay? What do I say back to that? Like, So it's just digesting the information. So I could not tell you what a single one of her roast jokes was about me, except for uh, there's something to the effect of me being in uh, cloud competitions because I wanted to see what heaven looked like when I die from diabetes. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't remember any of her jokes either. I did the same point. I don't remember any of yours except mm-hmm. for that one, uh, the 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 three one joke because mm-hmm. that was like one of the I literally uh, like left the venue I I forgot who I texted but I texted somebody I was like that's or I texted you I was like that's like the, that's like one of the best jokes I've heard in weeks mm. months like just, it was perfect it was, I, it was literally perfect I really liked that one my favorite joke was the one I used for the tiebreaker but I don't think enough like so everyone in that room that have seen season four of Ozark thought that that was the best joke of the night. But that was only 30 people. Yeah, I've never seen that show. But I said that uh, she was the Ruth Langmore of Olive Garden because they tried to cut her off from breadsticks. And she said, if you want to stop me, you're going to have to fucking kill me. And it's just... It's so good. It's such a good joke. I don't know anything about that show. It's There's a girl in the show that... uh, Spoilers for the Ozark fans, but her cousin gets killed. And so she finds out who killed him. And so then she's going to go and kill the guy that killed him. And she tells like uh, Marty and Wendy, Jason Bateman, another chick, hey, I'm, I'm going to go fucking kill him. And they're like, don't do that. And she's like, if you want to stop me, you're going to have to fucking kill me. And she screams it at them <laughs> and then walks out. And then a couple of DJs turned it into like really dope beats and then put it on TikTok. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of TikTok videos with that remix. Oh, that's funny. So, like, it was enough of a reference that I thought enough people would at least get what I was talking about. And, it, I mean, it worked. I won. So, it, you know, it was the tiebreaker. But I feel like the roast battles out here uh, are more fun from what I've seen. Um, I'm retired 
from roast battling, bro. Like, but the after because it's literally like over three. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm retired. I retired after being 0 for 2, and then Nate, like, dragged me out of retirement. I was like, all right, dude. And I was like, you're – I was like, that'll be fun. Yeah. It was like, we go, we're boys and shit. I was like, that'll be fun. And then I lost that one, too, and I was like, I'm retired for sure again. Dude, I was so sad when I was leaving Supernova, and you're like, dude, Nate just texted me, you bombed. I was like, <laughs> I was like what the fuck? He was just so nice to me. And you're like, I'm just kidding. I didn't even talk to him. Yeah. I'm like, God <laughs> I'm going to beat you up, Galen. Like, I didn't even talk to him. Yeah. Dude, speaking of beating me up, uh, so you know Malavi? Yeah. Uh, did you hear what happened to him? Dude, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> you couldn't wait an extra hour to get your fucking KFC mac and cheese, you fucking douchebag. Sean fucking texts me, I'm going to kill Galen. <laughs> he just made me miss my flight so he could get KFC mac and cheese. <laughs> So he misses his fucking flight, and then the flight he gets on after that breaks down in El Paso, emergency landing type shit, and he's stranded there for like a day and a half. So because you had to get shitty, not even good, but KFC mac and cheese. I didn't even finish it. You fucking animal. He misses two days of his life because you needed to eat part of a $4 mac and cheese. Oh, shit. Yeah, God damn. Dude, if I was him, I would for sure be beating you up. Really? I, not beating you. I would punch you. I would I would get one defenseless punch on the arm. The arm? All right, that's fair. Yeah. Not yeah. the face. No, of course not. That's, but the arm, that's fair. Uh, the problem with a free punch to the face oh, my is stomach that hurts. getting hit in the face, if you do the cheekbone, if you connect just right, you break a cheekbone, appearance altered forever. Yeah. Hit him in the nose, hit him just right. They got a broken fucking nose. Appearance altered forever. I just accidentally Owen Wilson you, trying to just reasonably take out my anger and frustration. But a punch on the arm, even if I wind up and go 100%, which I wouldn't, I have empathy, but you, just enough to make a bruise. Like it's just a bruise on your eyes. It's going to hurt a little bit for a while. And you're like, oh, fuck, that sucks. And it's like, yeah. So did sitting in an airport for two days. <laughs> <laughs> now we're even. The scales are balanced. Life is good. But, you know, like the like the people that are like, well, I get to kick you in the balls or I fucking, I'm going to slap you. It's like, dude, just grow up. Punch me in the arm. Yeah. Be a man. Bro, That I'll, I'll literally never forget like just driving away from the airport. I haven't even left the airport. He goes, I fucking missed my, I, he's like, I fucking missed it. And I was like, what? He was like, my flight. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I fucking, he's like, I just watched the plane fly away. He was like, oh, shit. Oh. Dude, <laughs> I have only missed a couple of flights in my life. And the first time, it ended up being fucking amazing. I got paid to speak at a conference in Denver. So they bought my flight and my hotel. And it was the first time I ever got paid to speak anywhere. So I'm like super fucking amped about it. Uh. I fly out there, I rent a car, uh, and I land, and I go to a dispensary, and I get all this awesome weed and all nice. these awesome fucking things. I'm so happy. And then uh, I just realized I don't know where the hat I bought was, but it's my favorite hat. But, but So I, I buy all this stuff. I'm very happy, and then I go to check into my hotel, and the guy asks me what brings me to Denver, and I tell him it's my, I'm speaking here. And he's like, oh, do you speak regularly? I'm like, it's my first time being a paid speaker. And he goes... Dude, let's do this right. And he gives me an upgrade to like the penthouse. So I get this like $1,500 a night room for my fucking two nights there for free. That's like a dope. free upgrade. I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. holy shit, that's awesome. 
So I get this awesome fucking room and then I do the conference and it goes really well. And my speech goes really well. And I got to, instead of doing a speech inside at like the conference part, I talked them into letting me do a walking tour of the city uh, with just some shit. I just went and walked around the city the day before and learned about it. So I, I'm doing this walking tour and it ends at a beer garden. So I do my speech and then we all just start day drinking. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, fuck yeah. And then we all party that night. And the next day I go to the airport. I return my rental car. I'm so happy. What a great trip. And I'm going through security and I'm trying to smuggle some weed back. So I'm kind of apprehensive. It's probably at this point, I've probably only done it like 10 or 15 times. So I'm like, Oh, what's going to happen? So I'm like, fuck. And then the entire security line shuts down and sirens start going off and then they make an announcement that there's been some kind of terrorist incident or something like a level five blue orange threat some scary words they're saying scary stuff and sirens and they halt all of security no one's getting through and they freeze the whole airport so we're all just standing around with no information for a fucking hour bruh so finally i get through and i go and my i missed my flight they didn't delay any of the flights for this they just were like, well, sorry, flights are taken off. And so all of us fucking missed our flights. So I realized that as soon as I get to the gate and I say my flight's gone, I'm like, oh, shit, next flight out of Denver back to Dallas. I got to buy it for myself. I'll get them to reimburse me or whatever. So I start looking. And on Kayak, I just happened to find like an $85 flight the next day at 5 p.m. So I just buy it. I'm like, all right, cool. Got that. Great. I go and I look on Turo to rent a car. And I find uh, for like stuff I can pick up right now at the airport. There's a BMW uh, 5 Series that's like the X-Drive, but it's not a manual. It's a automatic, so I can still drive it, but it's got like a cool sport package or something, and it's 35 bucks for the day. So I'm fucking like, let's go, get that. Yeah. And then I find, and I go to find a hotel, uh, and there's one that's like right by the airport, which is far away from the city. If you know anything about Denver, the yeah. airport's out in the middle of fucking nowhere. But there's an airport by the hotel that was discounted on Priceline for an express deal for like 55 bucks. So I get everything I need to stay there for another day and leave for like under $200. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then I get uh, money, instead of paying me with a check or anything, they zelled me the money for the speech. So I get like an extra $1,000. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I got no responsibilities. I have already got all my travel taken care of. Let's fucking party. So I post on Facebook, hey, I missed my flight in Denver, going to be here another day. Who wants to hang out? Hoping I'm going to run into some people from the conference that are maybe staying an extra day. A friend of mine that lives in Dallas that I've known from work for a decade comments and tags his nephew. So it's his sister's son that lives out there. Says, hey, my buddy, my boy Mike's a fucking cool dude. Meet up with him. So that dude messages me and he's like, hey, man, we're throwing a big party tonight. Like, uh, do you want to come join us at the party? And I'm like, yeah, I rented a dope fucking car. Let me scoop through and pick you up. And he's like, sick. So he texts me this address. I go to this really nice house. I pick him up. We go to the liquor store, grab a bunch of booze. And then we go to this house party and I meet 30 super fucking cool people from Denver. His girlfriend shows up. Uh, she's like a super huge marijuana influencer. So she has like two or three pounds of weed with her. And like all these crazy devices. And so all this stuff. So we're smoking and drinking and partying all night into the night. uh, She invites me back to their place with her. She has like a super nice luxury condo in downtown on like the 30th floor of some nice high rise. We go through all this security. 
Like I park my fucking dope ass Beamer in the fucking valet and we go up to her place and she's pouring us drinks and we're smoking weed. And then she has built into her table a huge uh, butane torch. And then she goes to her fridge and pulls out of the fridge a big glass like cutting table, like a cutting board with maybe three ounces of some of the clearest and light yellow looking wax I've ever seen. So it's just a huge giant glob of wax. So she brings it over, sets it on the table, and then she opens a drawer on the table and she's got a bunch of these fucking different pieces, but she pulls out, it's this big straw. So it's like this long with like a tornado in the middle. And then she walks over and puts some like distilled water from the fridge in it. And then she starts the torch, heats up the bottom of it. And then she goes, this is how you use it. And then just sticks it into this huge glob of wax and goes, and just does like a line like you would do with cocaine, like a hot rail that you would do with meth, but of just wax with this fucking heat straw with the fucking diffuser in it and just goes and blows out. I mean, she had to have taken a half gram dab and just like one rip. And she's this little tiny, hot, hundred pound, five, one little chick and she just rips this massive fucking dab and it's like here you go boys have fun and she like leaves to go do stuff so me and this guy matt are just sitting there just ripping massive fucking dabs (laughs) we probably smoked 10 grams of wax (laughs) so i'm just greening out high out of my fucking mind and i'm like oh there's like no way i can drive like like, there's especially not a fast car like in like this state and I got to get that car back to the airport and get to my hotel. Fuck. What am I going to do? And then she goes, oh, I'll take care of it. And she calls down to the valet and she goes, he'll drive you. I'm like, who's going to get him? The other valet. So when I'm ready to leave at probably 3.30, tanked, high as a fucking kite. I go, down, I go downstairs and the fucking valet hands me a bottle of water. And then opens the door to the beer. I sit in the passenger seat and then he drives me to my fucking hotel. A dude that one of the other valets followed in like a car that was labeled with the name of the high rise she lived in. And then they just got in the car together and left and they just left my car there with me at this hotel. So I, I mean, had like one of the best nights of my life because I missed a flight. So like sometimes it turns out great. That's fucking dope. Not the case with Sean. (laughs) That was basically the opposite of Sean's story is what happened to me. (laughs) Dude, if he died like in that thing with El Paso or whatever. Yeah. How funny would that have been if hold up? How funny would that have been if his entire life led up to himself dying over a mac and cheese? His whole life leads up to that, and that's that's how he goes out. I'm pretty sure that's how ghosts are made, dog. Like, I think that like if Sean had died from that flight, anybody that ate KFC mac and cheese would just get horrible diarrhea for the rest. (laughs) Not that that's not already the case, but like, there's no way that you don't immediately just have water coming out of your ass for the next (laughs) ten years because the ghost of Sean Malavy is just ruining your life over this. Oh shit. The episode is really good, though. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Sean fucking rules. Yeah. Are you ready to wrap this up, bro? Yeah. How do you want to wrap it up? You know, I leave the final minute of the podcast to the guest to say whatever, plug whatever. This. Uh, Why next... would I know that? I've never done this podcast before two times, three times. Three, three times, four uh, times. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a lot, but you're fucking great. Oh, did you want to... Do you have time? Do you want to talk about what happened with Google Boys? Uh, yeah, I can... Uh, yeah. And... First and foremost, what I want to say about the whole thing is n- none of this. Is this your first public appearance talking about it? 
Uh, I think this is the first thing that'll be released with me talking about it. Um, because I, I posted an Instagram story, and Eli posted an Instagram story about it. But I, I want everyone to know that here's any of this. That there's no ill will between us. There's no bad blood there. Like I'm not mad at him about any of this. We're not mad at drinking bros. Like he understands. I understand. It's just it sucks, but it's just kind of the way business works. Mm-hmm. So the deal is. When we started the podcast, it was just me and him in Gary's attic in the Faust Studios that he built up there, and it was just fucking around, just to have fun. And then about 20-ish episodes in, we were making some big waves, getting some big viral numbers on TikTok clips, getting some great guests, having a good time, and then we were guests on the Drinking Bros podcast. And they have a huge network. They get 10 million listens a year. They get they have almost 100K subscribers on YouTube even though they're like shadow banned and none of their shit gets thrown in the algorithm, they get 20, 30,000 views on a bunch of episodes. Like they crush. So we get to go and do a show with them and their fans love us. They ape shit. So they are like, Hey, we'd love to sign the giggle boys to your, to our network. So huge fucking deal for us. The first, you know, thing that I've ever done in podcasting is getting signed to a network. Holy shit. How cool. Uh, me and Eli are very proud. So part of the deal is that the drinking bros, run several shows they have a bunch of shows on their network and then they have a bunch of shows in their studio that they you know promote and you know fund but don't put on the network so all of those are tied together and have advertising contracts and you know when you listen to a podcast and you hear like this one's sponsored by ghost bed or this one's sponsored by fucking blue chew or whatever raid shadow legends you know all the different things that you hear podcasts getting sponsored by manscaped everybody they all have different rules and different amounts of things that you're allowed to say so like in the ad reads for example they give you a script that says read these things and then there will be a space where you get to say like hey here's a personal story about this relating to this, but then it tells you the things not to say. Like if you're doing a nicotine product, you can't say this is a great smoking alternative. This is a great replacement for smoking. There's rules and laws about what you can say. And then some of them also have rules and laws about what kind of content you can put out. Like everybody's different, but specifically their rule was um, no racial slurs. You know, don't go say in the N word. Uh, during a podcast, which is a very reasonable rule. Yeah, it seems fair. <laughs> and the other rule was don't uh, badmouth or talk shit about first responders, which includes EMS, firefighters, and police. Just don't talk shit about them. And the reason being for that is that the Drinking Bros are a news-style current events podcast that releases a new episode every single day. And the biggest demographic of people listening to that are first responders. Because if you are policeman firefighter ems you spend a lot of time waiting for something to happen for you to to respond to that's Mm -hmm. your job so in that downtime you're not just gonna fucking sleep you want to stay active aware engaged with something so podcasts are a great way to do that so uh, you know a lot of these guys listen to drinking bros and love them so if you go on their channel and then you're like fuck first responders or fucking pieces of shit or you know in our case what had happened is the uvalde shooting had just occurred uh, Eli and I both have lots of opinions and generally on the show, we stick to just what's funny rather yeah. than trying to solve anything. At least that's always been my place is I'm just here for your entertainment. I'm not here to educate you. My opinions are mine and I think they're the best, but <laughs> who cares? You know, like I'm not, a, I'm not fucking here to change gun policy. I'm here to right. make you laugh and then I will vote how I feel about my shit. And I think that's kind of how everyone should be. But Eli and I, uh, 
we're both very busy. So he's doing a bunch of stuff to promote Golden Cricket, his company that's just come out with that's really awesome cricket-based protein bars. So he's doing a bunch of stuff for that. And then I'm traveling for comedy. So I'm out of town all that week. So we don't have time to record an episode. Per our sponsorship contract, we have to have an episode every single week. At the latest, 6 p.m. Saturday is when our episode has to come out. So uh, we're also kind of beholden to when we have someone that can switch and run the actual production side of the podcast for us. So the only time they were available was 3 p.m. Saturday. So the solution was just to go live, which we've done a few times before. It's never been a problem. So me and Eli hop in the studio. We get the cameras rolling, and then we just go live, and we just do the podcast. And Uvalde came up, and then Eli went on a rant that, uh, long story short, to sum it up, was uh, that he believed the police have no value and that we don't need them and that they're just a complete waste. And, uh, it just, it, he, it's one of those things where, I mean, you know how it goes. You, this is fucking 155 episodes, man. That's insane. Yeah. Like, you know how sometimes when you're telling a story, you're riffing about something, you just say things to be funny that yeah. you don't mean, yeah. or you're just trying to make it a point in an argument or yeah. it's, you're just saying things to say things. And I think he just kind of forgot that those were the rules. Like, don't say that. And he wasn't trying to disparage the network or any of these people. He was just saying something to make a point. And to kind of, you know, it's hyperbole. Sure. So just gross hyperbole to the point of, like, fucking cops have no value. Like, he understands, like, that he didn't need to say it. But he he also isn't going to take it back. Right. Because that's how he feels. So uh, the solution to that was that Eli had to be let go from the network. Um, and we, Giggle Boys was me and him. That's what we did together. We were the Giggle Boys. And... I don't want to bring in a new co-host and take what Giggle Boys was away. So, like, I'm really very proud of the 45 episodes we did on their network and really proud of the 23 we did before that. Um, and those will stay up in perpetuity. Like, we'll have all of those where people can go and view them whenever they want. We might end up putting them on a Patreon just so that the censorship stuff doesn't bother anybody because we went hard in the fucking paint a couple times. But... uh I'm going to be staying on the Drinking Bros Network and producing my own show now. So it's just going to be me, very similar to this, just interviewing comics, yep. have them come on. Uh, my twist is just going to be that we're going to smoke pot. So highly social, baby. Coming soon. Nice. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, so, yeah, that's my only plug for the end of the show. Uh, f- follow me on Instagram. If, my- only, if only you had sh- a show in September. You fucking plugged it at the beginning. I'm you, you, like, <laughs> you literally started the show by doing the plugs. Of course, I have a show in September. <laughs> fucking was it the tenth and eleventh or ninth and tenth? Ninth and tenth. Yeah, ninth yeah. and tenth in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Comedy Zone. Um, I've got some other dope shit coming up. July first, uh, heavy sets at Vulcan at ten p.m. It's nice. gonna be a really good show. Uh, filthy. It, when is this coming out? Like uh, tonight. Tonight. Today. today. Today, all right. So when after this comes out, filthy. It's tomorrow, Saturday, the eighteenth at ten p.m. at Vulcan or at Creek in the Cave. That'll be good. Um, follow Mike is Eaton on Instagram because that's where I post everything. And my new podcast is called Highly Social, and I'll link it on there. But thank you so much for having me, Galen. This has been very fun. I'm excited for Pennsylvania, but we'll hang out a bunch before. But <laughs> yeah, obviously, I love you, bro. Love you too, man. Mike.